in the darkest corners of the podcast dungeon, you have come across another goddamn horror podcast. With Graham Faye, Jonas Barnes, and Ryan. Welcome to another goddamn horror podcast. I'm Graham. I'm here with Ryan and Jonas. Um, what is I'm up? Excited. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited about today um, because we have a super special guest. Um, we have the specialist, the, the, probably the most special guest we could possibly, better, better <laughs> than we deserve. <laughs> much better. Um, she's the excellent uh, American French exchange punk rocker babe of the 80s, Diane Franklin. You would know her probably mostly from uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Better Off Dead and a handful of other horror movies. But um, we're going to get into a bunch of that stuff today. I'm so excited. Dan, thank you for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me, Graham. And and also, I want to thank Ian Sattler for making this happen. It's a mutual friend of ours. And um, Ian, I love you. Mwah! Okay, they let, just make sure you get that. Ian, Ian's awesome, by the way. You may not know who Ian is, but I'm just telling you right now, go find out who Ian Sattler is and, and you'll, he's awesome. Just, just putting it out there. Okay. It's true. It's true. I can attest to that. Um, so yeah, so if you could tell us, just to start off, a little bit about how you got into acting. Um, okay, well, here it is, um, in a nutshell. Uh, actually, uh, if you are very, very interested in detail, go and look for Diane Franklin book, because that's what my f- first book is basically about. And basically, um, I started, um, I really, I wanted to be an actress since I was four, literally. I, I was, I watched television, I wanted to be on TV, and, um, but I wasn't one of those kids that was like, hello, my baby. Hello. I wasn't like a showy kid, <laughs> like, hey, look at me. I was very creative, and I would just like dance through the living room and sing, you know, I just was in my own world more, more or less that way. And uh, I really wanted to be an actress so much so that I, I stayed on my parents, I think about it until I was 10 years old. I mean, I, in the meantime, I was like singing and dancing and like, whatever. My parents were, what is we do with this child? We don't know what's going on with this. So, like they're from, you know, uh, like they were immigrants and they were like, had no idea what even acting was. We would watch the Lawrence Welk show and that was just about where we were at. Um, so anyway, um, but when I was 10, uh, they found a way to connect with people, like asking around, making mistakes, as everyone does who wants to be an actor, always contacts the wrong person and uh, gets, you know, take for money and all that stuff um but finally i did get a, a manager um and i i did modeling and i did commercials and i was on a soap opera as the world turns and i did theater um and all i did all of this while i was going to public school and the school had absolutely no idea how to handle it um nor did most people around me know how to handle it they were but but basically as it starting at 10 years old i was would go from long island on the lirr you know, several times a week with my mom uh, into the city, you know, with a subway and a train and whatever, and then get to the audition and finally get there in five minutes, the audition would happen and back in the car, back in the train, back, you know, 45 minutes back and uh, going all the way back to Long Island. So um, 
just letting you know that it was that overnight success basically took like nine years. So, um, although, I mean, I did work, but it was definitely, definitely not my time. The seventies were, it wasn't, people weren't looking for my look. They weren't in my, you know, curly hair was, you know, shunned. It was considered frizzy and bushy. And, um, then I had my, my breakout role, uh, that I received was for the last American Virgin. And that's what got me, um, into it was my first film role and it was a lead and that those nine years really prepped me for that experience to get that film because I was 19 years old I went out to LA by myself um you know I had a manager and an agent at the time but you know I shot the movie by myself I came out and you know it was I mean now when I think about it with my daughter who's she's 24 but like the thought of her going at 19 by herself was like I would have been freaking out, but um, things were different back then. And, and I think kids kind of, you grew up a little faster when you're in New York and back East, I don't know. So, um, or maybe people just didn't know any different and it was like, oh, okay, sure, go ahead. <laughs> They're paying for it uh, for you to go to LA. Um, so, but basically what happened was, um, what was so unusual was when I got Last American Virgin and I did the film, there were photos of me in the Hollywood Reporter and Variety. And I remember looking at it thinking, nobody knows who I am. Why is my picture there? And in the same year, I got cast in Amityville uh, Part Two, The Possession. So in 1982, two films uh, came out that had me in them. And one, um, so that was highly unusual. And all of a sudden I became a name. Like, so, I mean, essentially I became at least a name within the industry. And so people started hiring for leads and I got, you know, lead after lead after that, I got movies a week. And, um, but anyway, we can go on into that, but basically that's in a nutshell, what takes me to 1982, the beginning of the eighties. <laughs> um, so I'm a big fan of Amityville too. I actually like it a lot better than the original one, which I think is actually a pretty common consensus among, among horror fans. I think it was, it was more the story that people really wanted to to um, to hear, and if any if any of our uh, listeners haven't haven't seen it, is um, it's sort of a um, it's a prequel to the first one, and it and it, and it basically stars the um, the name the last name is changed. And do you know why they changed the last name from DeFeo to the to the, it was it because it was so recently after oh. the, the murderers or. Well, the first one, okay, the first one was about the Lutzes, and that was right. their real name, right? right. I think in, yeah, in the, Amityville Heart, did they yeah, use the, the real name that, there? The Lutzes was, but the one that you were, the, oh. the second one is, is yeah. the, the um, God, what is the last name? Montelli's. Montelli's. And, yes. uh, but you're basically the DeFeos, right? Yes, like exactly. Kind of like, a, like a version of the DeFeos. Right? Oh, absolutely. Well, here's what happened. Okay, they did Amityville, the first, the Amityville Horror, which, by the way, I, I actually agree with you. I felt when I saw the posters and everything that it was going to be much scarier. And the mm -hmm. idea of a haunted house, uh, you know, in itself is exciting. You know, that's like a great horror premise and it's wonderful. Um, but when they did Amityville 2, first of all, again, there was no, I mean, when we did Amityville 2, there were no part twos. I mean, people did not sure. assume there was going to be a part two, nor did we ever think people would watch a part two because 
everyone, I, we was always the idea, well, why would you watch part two when you could see part one? Right. And, and it would always somewhat seem like you had to make a choice <laughs> financially, like, right. oh, if I have to pick one, I'm going to pick the original. So right. exactly. um, it was pretty fun. I mean, back then. Like they were both could, out at the same time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. it, it's super weird. It, it just yep. is such a surreal thing. So Amityville. Um, so then what happened was Dino De Laurentiis was the producer on Amityville 2. And it was very important that he he did not want to pay the rights to Amityville 1 to do the film. Mm. And so the basic story, first of all, the Lutzes was when they moved into the haunted house. But what I think is phenomenal and bizarre is that Amityville 2 came after the Lutz story because the truth is the actual murder of the 19, in 1974 was real and it really happened in the house. Yep. And and it, so it was kind of interesting that Am- maybe Amityville Horror didn't want to have to pay the rights to the people who owned the Amityville house. Um, or oh, yeah. maybe it was the opposite way that th- that's why they they went to to do that first. But right, like two is like weird? essentially, yeah, two, well, okay, right. Cause two is like essentially maybe the first prequel. I mean, yeah. that I can think of that it's like, because I mean, the story of the Lutzes is, is that they moved into the house after the Grizzly murders took, and then yes. the, the father started following the same path. So I mean, they the Lutzes only lived in the house for like twenty eight days, and I mean that's and that's a, and this is all true stories. But like, the, yeah. the, really, the 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 the, the two um, Amityville movies out of all of them that you're in both take place with the DeFeos, which were the original family that lived there, where the actual. Um, where Murders. Ronnie DeFeo, Ronnie DeFeo, Butch DeFeo. Um, yes, which, um, and he recently died too. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yep. Seriously, um, that film is um, okay. So yes, the Montellis was like code for the DeFeos. Right. Um, the it was loosely based on the DeFeos just because of you know uh, copyright I think issues. Um, you notice in Amityville too, halfway through the movie. Um, it suddenly becomes, it, it, we leave the house and it becomes a, an exorcism film and it takes place a lot outside the house. And right. so it, it was done purposely for that reason. But at the same time, I really felt that when we did Amityville 2, you know, we hit on a lot of issues that obviously were not mainstream. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, physical abuse, um, there's verbal abuse from the dad um, mm-hmm. and the violence. And then the, um, then in the incest, which is the scene that I'm involved in. So like, right. that's a whole, you know, I don't think there's been a horror film that hand, that actually did that as realistically sure. as that film took it on. And I think that's why it's still so shocking to watch the film. Yeah, it's um, it's currently on Shutter, and I've seen a lot of people, um, you know, the horror, um, and I've seen a lot of people talk about it. It's um, it's 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 really it's really a good film. Um, the the special effects makeup with uh, him at the end is really well done. He he is uh, bona fide. Uh, I don't I don't know who did that, but uh, but he's like he looks terrifying. You know, yes, I mean, no, and he it was scary. It was reminiscent of The Exorcist. That that yeah. kind of serious horror. I mean. I know if I hadn't done that, done Amityville 2, I probably would have been really scared of it. Having done it, I mean, I saw the special effects. I know, sure, how, sure. you know, it all came. But um, I, I will say that that film is a very, um, it's very realistic. And I, I can see why it sticks with people because the, it, it, it's on so many different levels. Like Amityville, you know, it was based on a true story. And then when I did Amityville Murders, which just came out like about mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, you know, that was based even more on fact and even moved into more of like a thriller drama kind of a thing. So um, 
I just feel really, and then I'm from Long Island. I mean, I'm from right. like a town that's just maybe two towns away. Um, right. So Amityville is very close to my heart and the people there are close to my heart. So it makes me, uh, was I was very crazy? proud was to it do crazy? it. Was it crazy when they called you and were like, we have another Amityville horror movie for you. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I remember mean, when you played the DeFeos before? Well, we're going to yeah. do it again. Well, <laughs> I seriously, Daniel uh, Ferens, he said to me, um, you know, he said, We're, I'm doing an Amityville movie and I want you to play Louise DeFeo. And I literally, I burst into tears because I was like, oh, I hoped so much to, to, uh, like, to be able to play someone who actually lived. I mean, this isn't based mm -hmm. on a true story. That to me was something that was like an honor. You know, so I was like, oh my gosh, finally I get to play someone and, and have their experience, you know, try to portray them in a way that was empathetic and um, just that's a, that's a huge thing for me as an actress. And, sure. and then also um, to play now the mother. I mean, I remember when he offered me the role, I, I was thinking, wow, what it, what actress has ever played the same in the same story, two different characters. So sure. I got the, the gravy of being able to look at the situation from the mother's perspective, which was totally different and totally different experience um, portraying the character, which by the way, if you can get the Amityville murders Blu-ray, weird things happened on set mm. that did not happen when I did Amityville to the possession, because when I played the daughter, I played it really innocent and I deflected all that weird energy. Mm. And then when I did Amityville murders as the mother, I'm like allowing that energy to come in and seriously weird things happened and i didn't know other things happened to other people on the cast so when i saw the blu-ray special features i was like oh my gosh i didn't know that happened <laughs> like and, oh That's my god awesome. it, did it was great so i it's like definitely a perk it's like one them. of the yeah one of the one of the possessed movies speaking of uh, the actresses um and they also brought a uh, uh, burt young back for the for, for oh. murders too and uh um, you know, I mean, I mean, I've, I've watched every Rocky movie a thousand times and that guy just kind of like, you know, he just, he, uh, he, he comes across so, uh, so tough in the, uh, in the first one, but he just mm -hmm. seems like such a, this has such a sweet, uh, you kind of just feel like a sweetness from that guy. He's, he's, he's definitely, um, Bert, I can't say great, you know, I can't say enough about how awesome he is. Um, and it was such a gift to have him in the second film. I really felt that was like that was just like you as an actor you just don't get that you know you sure. don't get like to work with people again when you you know in the sequels it's some it certainly didn't happen in bill and ted's but whatever um hmm, i wonder where that's gonna go anyway um, um but it's, uh, boy he's a great guy and he is tough you know and is an an excellent actor and he is um He's got so much depth and so much emotion, Bert. Um, and then, you know, and he's such a sweetheart too. So it was very nice that I'm, I'm really happy we got everything on film, you know? Sure. Um, at some point I, I, I envisioned someone doing a, um, what do they do when they put movies together and shop it like mash like a, up? Like a, mon a montage? A montage, or like mash it up. Like have yeah, like the yeah. old, the a child and the yeah. older dad and the young, right. like and the, me playing the mom, put it all together sure. and make a story, you know? Uh, you but, did get to work in the in Murders though with one of my also one of my uh, favorite character actors, which was Paul Ben Victor. Um, oh um, yes, he is. Um, um, 
um, our listeners, you probably know him best from uh, he plays the guy who uh, works for the Greek guy in the second season of The Wire, and he just looks like. So you know, you think he's the tough guy, and then I uh, and then I looked up online, and it turns out he's a he's the son of a playwright and a playwright himself, and he writes plays with his mom. And all of a sudden, I'm like, that doesn't seem so tough anymore. I, right. know, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like, so interesting. Um, well, and you know, he's in Once Upon a Time in um, in Hollywood. He's got a oh, little yeah. part in that too, right? Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. Um, yep. Real, I was so much fun to see that go. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> he is, uh, I had never uh, worked with him obviously before mm-hmm. and we just connected. I just felt like he, I felt like we were married. We lovely right. relationship in the film. Um, and I think it's because when you're working with actors, you know, and especially when it gets like really violent, uh, you got to trust them. And he was very caring and very nice, like obviously between takes. And then like when we work, you know, like we get into it, you know, so um, that makes me feel really good. You know, I mean, I love working with actors who, you know, push the limit and, you know, are, you know, testing the waters. And I just, I think he really did. Um, And I loved him in the film. So realistic. And we'd have that lovely scene together uh, where, you know, we just go through a lot of different emotions. um, Right. So uh, I won't spoil it, but for yeah, Amityville Murders, there's a great scene with us too. So yeah, no, he was great actor, really f- excellent to work with. So I have nothing but positive things to say about him. He was brutal in that movie. He was genuinely terrifying. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. He was, and and you know, I have to say, I mean, I remember people like that growing up. You know, I mean, sure. there were people like that. I I. I have a feeling, I mean, certainly there's got to be people in the audience who know someone who's like that or have a family member who's like that. And the interesting thing about it is it's sort of like tough love. Like I'm doing this for you because you have to snap out of it and they don't know any other way to express it. Um, It's not a good way. You don't use violence to get people to change. It never works. And the fact, if you do use it, it might work for what you think as a short period, but then it will continue on in generations, you know, you know, you're violent to your child and then the child becomes violent and it just passes it down. And, you know, obviously there are better ways to handle it. Um, And somewhere along the line, someone has to stop and say, Nope, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to pass it down to my kids. It's a, it's a choice. Um, But, you know, I think it, it definitely, that film hopefully will get people who are violent to look because obviously the son in the story turns against the family and murders everyone. So, right. you know, I mean, and re- in real life, I mean, he do- he just recently, I mean, as people probably know, you know, but DeFeo, you know, recently died. And I really wanted to find out more detail on that, but I, you know, haven't been able to. Yeah, you know, we, I, uh, I, I swear, if we get anybody in the comments that says spoiler alert because she just said that everybody got murdered, I'm going to be like, yo. Oh, <laughs> dang. Right. No, I, have well, to, I, wanted to yeah. ma- I wanted to mention something here just because this is something that when I was looking at your, uh, when I was looking at your filmography, mm-hmm. um, you're such an awesome person and it makes me so happy that you starred in the two Amityville movies that are by far the best out of oh, all of them. Thank you. Because I don't know if you've seen many of the other Amityville movies, but it fell into like that weird, um, that weird property curse that kind of happened to the Hellraiser films where people just gobbled up the Amityville name and um. just started just throwing it on movies. And 
like oh, there's so, there's so many bad ones, but like but are they good they, bad? You know what I mean? Like sometimes they're good bad. No, no, there's, they're some, good. there's some there's some that are totally good bad, but then there's some that are made for like two hundred and fifty dollars, and they're totally oh, not good. No, um, that's terrible. But but the two that mm. you're in, by far the best out of them. So that like makes yeah. me super happy. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, yeah, I know, like uh, like what Amityville three. 3D, right? 3D, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know if people see it, but then Lori Loughlin was in that too. So it's like, I'm sure people will go back and, and watch those as well, you know, um, sure, you know, but it's, it, it is interesting. So I really appreciate that you say they're the best. I think that I gave my best performance as an actress in Amityville Murders. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think that, you know, I gave really cool performances when I was younger. Just, it's just such a different, I mean, in Amityville, too i look like i'm 15 i mean i even look at it and go oh my gosh you look i look so young um but i was 20 so that's kind of cool thing too so you know yeah it's an oh you know i'm gonna actually show you something really special although uh it's a shame the audience can't see it audience can't see it hey audience guess what we'll we'll, Um, we'll take a picture yeah yeah, we can totally screenshot Um, it i had this because of just what you just said I had this made. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. cool. That's and, very, very Okay, cool. audience, what is it? Should I tell them? It's a book. Yeah, yeah. It's a book. yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I have like, you know, like I put really cool pictures and I, oh, awesome. I just sort of did like, I just put like all different, you know, just like different photos of the film and then like it just, I mean, because it's so special. They're like Bert and the whole there, there group. Is, yep, yep. That's so cool. Yeah, that's really So cool. I was just sort of like, I, I just went and I thought I'm going to do something because I think it's, it, again, it's so unusual. And then the, the like that's the awesome. end sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, and then of course you have to have the classic, all the houses and everything there. Sure. So yeah, oh, posters. Yeah. So um, I made this, you know, who knows if, you know, I'll ever, you know, put it out there. It's more about, that's just like a personal keepsake. But um, you just, it's just really amazing that horror films have such a wide audience and that you can watch it for so many different reasons. And one of the things I liked about the ones that I was in, um, is these two films is it was based on a true story. So, um, I do like, you know, like terror vision. I like crazy ones, you know, um, yeah. as well. But I do, I feel really honored to be able to be in something that was based on something true, you sure. know? Well, Not that, we can get into never terror happened, vision. But, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, terror vision is actually, I think, probably my favorite movie of yours. Oh. It hits every <laughs> box for me that, uh, for, uh, of horror. It's, oh, it's, it's a perfect movie. <laughs> For, for me, <laughs> like You're I think, like I'll say, bucks. <laughs> I think Bill and Ted I've probably seen the most, mm-hmm. and I'll say yeah, and I'll say that Better Off Dead is my favorite for the street cred, but Terror Vision is actually is my your, favorite. Is um, your world? It, You're yeah, good. it's my personal favorite. Yeah, um, and it just turned thirty-five, I think. Uh, just wow, this year or last year. Well, tell yeah. me what you like about it. I mean, because I, I can go in, I'm going to, you know, I'll go into it, but I wonder, yeah, yeah. I'm curious. Well, first of all, it's like a horror fever dream. 
from, from beginning to end. Um, the, uh, the music, just starting off with, with uh, the, the, the song, the soundtrack is incredible. Charles yes. Band, I think, did it with, uh, with the, the uh, Oh, yeah, what was, was the, the name of the band? The yes. Fibonicci's. And um, they, just an incredible song. Uh, the, the outfits, you look amazing through the whole thing. Right, like that outfit. <laughs> Everything about that is great. Uh, OD is incredible. It's got my favorite joke in probably horror when you introduce OD to your parents. And you're like, hey, this is my, my new boyfriend, OD. And your dad goes, Irish boy? Right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like That right there sells it. Um, the Perfect. monster looks like Chet from Weird Science, but grosser somehow, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, there's so much, let me see. Uh, I love that monster because it reminded me of a dog, but it, like <laughs> a really gooey giant dog. And again, this was a real monster, people. This was not a CGI uh, put in. It was like we were in on set in Italy. We were in Rome on set. Why? Don't even ask me. But we were <laughs> shooting in Rome because somebody wanted to go to Rome. I don't know. But we're on set. Giant gooey monster with people inside it sweating and going crazy and moving the hands and the tail and everything. And and you know, it didn't make a sound when we worked with it. So it was like, this is, it wasn't scary. It was awesome. Awesome. The voice, really of, the, cool. the voice of the monster is actually uh, Frank Welker, who was uh, uh, Megatron and Iceman, but for our horror podcast, uh, Fred Jones of Scooby-Doo. Oh, wow. Oh, well. oh like that wow. dude, and, and he was, he was Fred Jones from the seventies till now. Wow. <laughs> the oh, voice wow. of the monster in television. So I wow. thought that was I didn't cool. even know that. Um, um yeah, that it's called is... a hungry beast. It's yeah, so hungry beast, right. <laughs> hungry oh I'm just um, trying to think like like I'm gonna yeah, make you the, take your the pills and, turkey, like... the grandpa, like and you don't really even show up, but like you're introduced mm -hmm. early on and then you and OD take off. And then you come back, everybody's dead, and you guys just have a blast. You and Sherman and OD are running around the house with the monster, and it's and a submachine gun. I've got a submachine gun. I'm shooting. Submachine like, gun. You're yelling so about fun. how you want to sell the monster and stuff. Right. It's so incredible. And I, my one question watching it is, were there fans on set like at all times? Because you seem to be acting in like a wind tunnel, half the scenes. Oh. There well because okay we're so we're in a, they had to keep turning the air conditioning off um, while we were shooting because of the sound and so then of course obviously everyone's sweating I mean we're dripping sweat I mean we have like all these outfits my outfits were I had like four outfits layered with my hair layered I mean it was like four wigs for you know it was insane and uh, so perhaps the wind was there um, well I think that you know probably the wind was really there because the monster had this kind of, I don't know, this monster, every time he showed up, there was like wind. So it was yeah. like, here comes a monster, <laughs> you know? So it was their, their special effects, uh, you know, cheat to get, you know, to make sure he's coming here. But on the other hand, I, it felt really good because it was so hot. I bet. <laughs> so I don't know, Half they the just time, had the fans you looked, on. Like terrified, but also like cooled off. Right, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Um, um, and I loved playing the character, the voice, you know, like, um, OD and like the, um, um, we're going to make a million bucks. And, uh, I'm yes. trying to think like there was, um, 
Uh, he says stuff like, um, yeah. barf me out. He looks no. too barfy. Me out. Ew. It's so good. Gramps, like, you know, <laughs> mom and dad, gross, you know, um, yes. at, at a time where I think, I mean, when we did that film, it definitely was towards the, it was like 87. So it was, we already knew that the 80s was funny. We really did. Um, right. I don't know if the film came out at 80, in 87, but I think we shot it in 87. And um, I think it actually it was, came out in 86, but that's 80, Oh, 86? Okay, then, yeah, 86. Well, we did it in 86. Yeah, I did it after Better Off Dead. So, but when we did the film, um, you know, we thought the audience would get it. We thought, oh, this is hilarious because everything about that movie is, pari- is a parody of the 80s. And it came out in the 80s and nobody got it. <laughs> nobody <laughs> got because we were still in the 80s and they were we're still oh, living it. What's wrong with me, you know, wearing a shirt down to my belly button without any anything underneath it, you know, like what what well why can't we have a Cindy Lauper look? Like it was Anyway, so now it's great because audiences do appreciate it like you, you know, who get it, you know. So yeah. um Oh my God, and Mary Warnov and I was, we were just like, we thought it was so, so funny. Everybody thought it was funny. And it was, it was it fun is. to do. And Ted, uh, t- Ted Nicolau, what, he's a writer director. And I love working with people who are writer directors because they know their material and they, they have a vision, what they want it to be. And I, I, you know, we all just thought it was gonna be huge. I mean, talking about films, like, you know, with Bill and Ted, we had no idea. But with television, we thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be huge. So I'm very glad that you like it. And it, it, it's, a, I would say, like, I was, like, say, like, good, bad. Like, it's it's good, bad movie. Like, you can watch it. You can relax with your friends. You can hang out. There's, you don't have to stay on point of the story, you know? It's just can be on. And you're like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. So. Absolutely. It was yeah, on loop, like, it. all day. And ah. I would just, like, stop. And my wife would come in and be like, what's, what's going on in today? <laughs> It's she was just catching bits, and I'd be like, "This, they just did this. It's crazy. It's the best movie ever." That's oh. one of the things I love about that is it's a legitimately fun movie. Like mm-hmm. that's, you know, and I think that's one of the things that's cool about your career too, because you you came up kind of in what I like to what I consider one of the golden ages of horror, because in the '80s you had kind of like the introduction of the slasher film for sure. But then you also yeah. had like the really campy ones that were fun and gained like this cult following. And that's kind of, that's what Terror Vision did. It like it became this one where after the fact, like when people revisited it, man, it's got a lot of love now. And yeah. I mean, it's it yeah. really honestly, it sucks that they didn't get it at the time, but it's it's such a cult classic now. And that's it's just it's such a fun movie. Like, regardless of whether you really enjoy horror or not, just sitting right. back and watching it is just so enjoyable. Well, they, you know, the, my biggest regret about it, and there's only one thing was because we shot it in Italy, uh, Ted Nicolai, uh, Nicolau said to the art department, we need, we want this place to look like a pleasure palace. So unfortunately, there are pictures of nude women on the wall or have people having sex, which is not bad, except for the fact that if it, if it wasn't on the walls, they could have shown it on TV. And it yeah, could have been right. like a, oh, a mystery, yeah, yeah, it right. could have been mystery science theater, you know. It would have been a classic 
mystery science theater. So, right. Yeah. So that's the only regret. I I mean, the nudity is great. I mean, it's weird. It goes with the weirdness of it, but it's a shame because that was one moment where it was, I think it really could have taken off on TV, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. The sets look like, uh, like TV sitcom or soap operas on cocaine. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You nailed it, Graham. That's exactly what it is. Absolutely. That's totally the totally the look they were going for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So um I actually I had a question for you. Um like I was looking at your filmography and I've I've seen a lot of the stuff you've done, and I kind of like went on a deep dive a little bit on it. So my question nice. is for something from 1988. <laughs> it's something that you were in one episode of. And it was Freddy's Nightmares. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Freddy's oh, Nightmares, Freddy's Nightmares to me is one of the biggest missed opportunities in horror because it was canceled after one season. And I'm just, I've always wondered um, about the experiences that people had on that show. Cause I mean, I've never talked to anybody on that show. So yeah, I just wanted to know your experience on working with Robert England and working on that show and like what, what everything is about that. Uh, well, I'm really glad you asked because um, that it, it, I know um, Heather Langenkamp and Amanda Wiss. There, they oh, Heather nice. was you know in all the Nightmare on Elm Streets and as well as Amanda. And when I first did it, I thought she was going to be on the show. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I, you know, because we were friends. So I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited, I'm going to see her. Well, unfortunately, she had nothing to do with the show, which was sad. I was like, oh, <laughs> sad, Heather, I can't do a scene with you. Um, and then Robert England would do his work. His parts were all the interstitial, at least in my episode. I don't know if he was in the, any of the other ones, but he would be like, the it would they would cut to him so he was like the crypt keeper right yeah he was yeah. so the crypt keeper so the problem was i you know i mean obviously they got all this stuff done really probably pretty quickly but unfortunately mm. i never got to meet him so maybe someday uh, if we had at a convention um that would be very cool to meet him um that would be a very good picture uh but so okay so okay that show um was i uh, i have to tell you that episode was so much work. I was, um, I was, I think I'm in every single scene and it was an hour long show. And I remember, and I think we had a week to shoot it. Usually it would take about a week to shoot uh, or seven, maybe it was seven days. If you skip the weekend and add two, but um, uh, wow, it was, it was hard work. And my character, this, if you're interested in the episode, it's probably, you could probably watch it on YouTube. It's uh, called The Bride Wore Red. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I have so many, I mean, I break down in tears. I'm seductive. <laughs> I, uh, I have, uh, I turn into a child. I, <laughs> I like have, um, uh, I'm screaming. And then like, there's a chainsaw. And like, I mean, there's just so many levels to this role. I'm sed- like, I'm having a honeymoon. It's like, it's crazy. Um, it just, and I get married. Yeah. So the, the episode is full of so many different uh, levels. Uh, but I, 
I, what I really liked about the, that episode in particular, and I don't know if the rest of the series was like this, I loved the psychological aspects of it. I just love that. Uh, I, I really like the challenging, uh, a role that has like, you know, deep seated, you know, secrets. And then you go back and you, you, you know, we see the, the background of the character and uh, she has like daddy issues. And I just loved mm-hmm. all that. That was, that was a really uh, cool episode for me for that reason. Yeah, the show itself, that that's actually kind of cool because the show itself kind of had that vibe to it in general. Mm. Um, and I don't know if that's why it didn't succeed because I think when people saw A Nightmare on Elm Street TV series, right. maybe they expected more Freddy, maybe they expected more, you know, more of what the movies were or whatever it was like that. But it's still kind of, it looped in very well with the whole mythos of The Nightmare on Elm Street. Whereas, like, when, yeah. they did the, when they did the Friday the 13th series, it had absolutely nothing to do with the Friday the 13th films. Whereas, like, this one, Nightmare on Elm Street, the Freddy's Nightmares thing, it actually had a pretty significant amount to do with everything else as far as, like, storylines and stuff go. Right. Um, but it was very cool, like, having you on because, yeah, your episode um, was actually one of the more insane ones. <laughs> Yeah, um, in, was the best, it? in the best way. In the yeah, best because way. it had the, it has personality. I mean, honestly, like I think I think that episode was like you just didn't see it coming. And I certainly, uh, you know, we talked about different kinds of horror. You know, everyone right now, thank goodness, when on the internet, you can ha- figure out your kind of horror, and you can. It's very boutique. You can go from you know that kind of what you wanted if you want Absolutely. comedy horror, right? You can gory horror, horror. Um, you can get like realistic horror, you know, um, and uh, you know thrillers. Just like so many aspects, no, so many ways to go. But I think what that episode did was it kept a lightness. It was scary, but there was a tongue and you know a, a nudge, nudge. Know what sure. I mean? Joke kind of smiling thing about it. Um, I'd yeah. like to know your opinion, Jonas. What do you think? Well, yeah, I think so, because I think it played off of the the personality trait of Freddy, where he was kind of a wise-ass, and he was kind of like, almost, it wasn't like he was joyful, but he had, like, that playfulness to him. Yeah. That, like, even though he was an absolutely horrible monster, he still played with people on the movies. Like, he would yes. taunt them, he would play around with them, he would joke with them, he would do all these things. And then the series comes along, and that's really like kind of the tone that it had where it was dark it was messed up it was scary yeah but also it had that light-hearted like I wouldn't even call it like a jovial nature but it was definitely like something where you could enjoy it along with being yeah. like kind of scared shitless at the same time where it's just like also but having fun um, yes well, it reminds me last- of like um it reminds me of ghost of, like ghost adventures where you can watch it and you're scared but it never takes you to horrified it's like it's like it's like the i don't know i to me it's like that sweet spot of like 12 years old 13 where you can watch something and you can really like enjoy the the humor of it um and you know that you're gonna watch it but you're not gonna have like serious like horrific nightmares where you can't (laughs) sleep ever again um you you graduate to that's a that's a you, you know, horror films, and I think you really, uh, it's a rite of passage. You know, you have to grow into them. Mm-hmm. It for real felt like the show was kind of a stepping stone into watching the movies. Like, mm, Yeah, that's a good idea. It really did, because if you watch the episodes of the show, also, I, I guess that was probably kind of like the, um, the challenge of having to put it on television. Because, exactly. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Right. 
you can only go so far if you're going to put a show on, you know, on TV, especially during that time period yes. in television, you know, you had limited channels and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think that actually, I feel like that, like I said, that was a missed opportunity to continue with that show, but I don't know what the story behind it is, whether it was ratings or whether it was just not received well or whatever or maybe, it was. maybe, you know, who knows, Freddie, you know, uh, Robert England could have said, I'm done, I'm moving on. You know, you just never, I don't know. I don't know what that answer is, but. It, it could have been too labor intensive, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Like just too well, much, like you oh. said, hard work. You know what? I'm actually, when you say that, that is, it was jam-packed and i actually think that is definitely a possibility it was the craziest i mean think about that that show there were so many sets so many costumes um it was yeah it, it moved fast and it was intense so yeah i could you're probably right it's, it might have to do with that as well yeah that would that's kind of the thing that always popped into my head because for a television show especially like it was effects heavy it was like the tone of it was dark but like you know like I said practical effects wise there was a lot of practical effects going on on different episodes yeah and even like you were saying you know you they worked you to the bone for yeah. a week you know yeah. yeah 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 it was really intense makes me think about sometimes like uh what it would be like to be on Stranger Things because that oh, show yeah. also is very intense. I mean, there are a lot of shows, a lot of TV shows now have taken on the movie, uh, the movie aspect, like a, a movie feel, you know, and it's, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. and it's, they jam pack a lot in a very short amount of time, you know? Yeah. Um, so real quick question that I had for you, is there any like horror property that you've always wanted to work with or always wanted to be a part of that you weren't able to? Yes. Okay. So first of all, okay. Couple, couple of them. One wanted to be in a zombie movie, Okay. but now my dream came true because I'm going to be in a movie called clay zombies. Nice. Which I'm nice. very excited. I know. Right. I, I mean, already love that. <laughs> that's exactly why I did it. Exactly why I did it because who wouldn't want to be in a movie called Clay Zombies? It's almost sure. gold. I'm like, I am doing this. The director, his name is Jake Jolly. He is like, he gets it. He gets it. You know, he just, he loves the world and he, it's going to be such a fun movie. Um, he's probably going to put it out, I think this year. So anyway, nice. when I, when he talked to me about this film, I'm like, I am there. I am so there. My, I, my bucket list zombie fantasy is now taken care of. All right. Um, uh, but you know what I really want to do? And I haven't played this yet, but I do think I have some, you know, if I don't do it soon, I mean, I think there's time. I want to do a vampire movie. Mm -hmm. oh you no know, i mean come on i you know and don't you live forever and all that stuff so right. oh, um yeah. you know so yeah. i'm thinking the older i get that's okay you know um but <laughs> i would sure. love to do a vampire film um uh i would i mean obviously if it was a show i would have i would love to do uh a show that's on uh, stranger things i would love to do that oh, um yeah uh so but good. yeah great show um i don't know a lot of um a lot of shows but i um, oh, well, on a Walking Dead. I mean, sure. oh, yeah. you know, it would be like to throw one of those in, right? Sure, um, absolutely. So, uh, but I do, I would like to do a vampire movie. And do you want to do like a, did you want to do like a gothic vampire one? Or are you looking for more like a tongue in cheek, like fun one? Good call. Okay. Well, so here's what I'm thinking. Uh, I want to be, <laughs> well, I would do either as long as my like head doesn't get chopped off and is rolling over somebody else's, you know like in the living room because like i don't want to have like i somebody asked me you know they wanted me to play in a film and, and i was they asked they gave me a script and i read it and i'm like mm, 
don't want my head to be chopped off. No, not thinking of that. Um, <laughs> not quite me. Um, but there, um, where, what is it called? Uh, when, where the, oh, come on, Diane, what's the movie? Um, it's, uh, wait, it's Jermaine Clement and, wait, wait. Oh, uh, um, Taika, uh, Taika, and yeah, it's, it's uh, what we do in shadows. What, what we do in the shadows. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. what we do in the shadows. Golden. <clears throat> I mean, if I was in yeah. a film like that, golden. But yeah. I would even do a straight on, you know, a vampire film. You know, it, nice. I just I like the subject matter. I like both both genres. A really, uh, I, in fact, it was funny. I, I, Amanda Wiss and I were talking, and it was said it would be fun to be in a a witch movie together. You know, play witch. Sure sisters or you know salem let's go to salem now <laughs> they were told, well, let's figuring it out right now um but yeah no I, that's a like would be a, a cool thing to do i would enjoy that i think we can i think we can all agree that you would be fantastic in what we do in the shadows tv show is one of the best uh, tv shows thank <clears> you <throat> if you haven't seen it audience please it's it's so 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 smart so funny the characters Top are show. so memorable and i love it i just love it um nadia is one of my favorite characters oh, on television she, uh, she, uh, like this and she's like with talking like voice like this like <laughs> oh no you know uh and she's very bit bored this boring and then she kind of you know i just like her like, i love the oh, mundane God. oh and the 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 character i forgot his name but the one colin colin oh my god <laughs> what does she call him what is colin plays a Wait, what is it? She calls him Nadia. Nadia calls him. Um, oh my goodness! So 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 funny by his last name, I think, and just yeah. it's a brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, brilliant show. She's a, she's a tremendous uh, tremendous actor and writer herself, and like and has a comedic gene to her that is like oh. as, like she's uh, her and her brother have a show. Uh, I didn't even English, know that. Uh, yeah, it's called uh, Staff Let's Flat. Um, most famously, her brother is in um, in a show called Fleabag, which a lot of people have seen. He's the guy mm -hmm. with the weird teeth, and um, <laughs> but he but but they are both writers and both comedians. The staff lets flats. It's on uh, HBO Max. It's oh, I'm BBC, gonna look it up now. I'm gonna write BBC, this down. It's staff. It's his, that's his name. Let's flats because they rent flats. They so let's flats. It's, and. Um, and it's uh, she is in it. They play brother and sister in the movie, in the show as they are in real life. And she is uh, I can't I know her Brilliant. name. It's, it's long, but she uh, she is. They are both just like incredibly uh, hilarious, uh, um, very very talented people. Both yeah. her and her brother very talented people. And the, it's it's really fun to see that. So yeah. Um, yeah, I could talk a lot about uh, what we do in the shadows. I think. Oh, good. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. I was. I was. You know, and you're fishing for it. Uh, it sounds like uh, three words. Right. Um, because <laughs> um, it's uh, you know, and I mean Jermaine Clement and all those people are uh, you know um, funny. You know, it's actually funny that we he comes up because uh, talking about working hard. Like, I just read the other day that the reason that they quit doing uh, Flight of the Concords is because it was uh it, it was just so much work that it, it, it right. practically killed them. And so you yeah. know, it's like. Um, you it's know. a great they are so brilliant and they are so talented um my daughter and i followed their career from the beginning and um we we even saw them uh at, uh they came to um the hollywood bowl and we saw them live in their their you know live performance they're brilliant but yeah you know i mean they get exhausted it's 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 a really a lot writing the music right. and recording exactly. it and acting yeah. 
and doing like a music video every show and it kind of just speaks yeah. to what you were saying about doing the freddie like you know what i mean it's, it's yeah like, uh, no you get I mean, burnt um i i remember doing i did a two movie of the weeks i did a movie called summer girl and deadly lessons back to back and then i was flown to czechoslovakia to audition for amadeus and I was so burnt out and, but I thought, I, you know, I mean, this is a once in a lifetime experience, but I, and then when I didn't get it, I was like, you know what? Things are meant to be this other actress. Like she's got the energy. I know she's going to do really well because I was burnt. And, you know, there just comes a time sure. where you just, you got to fill the cup. You got to fill your cup, not just putting it out. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, I mean, and it's like that with, uh, it's like that, you know, uh, with, with anything with stand up or with, or with anything where you have to. Uh, yes. That's you, true too. You know, you it's like, a I mean, it's a show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you don't have like the energy behind it, you that you can't do it, you know? And, um, and so, so yeah, that's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing to talk and an interesting part of the, uh, especially for, for working actors, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? People who put in well, the look, time and, and are yeah. in lots of things are in. If people are on a show, you know, people take for granted, they are on that show. And think about for years, they're on right. that show. That is their life. And so it looks maybe fun, but you know, think of how many times they have to do, they have to memorize new lines every week and they have to like hit, you know, they'll do it over and over again right. and like maybe shoot the scene again or, you know, it, it's definitely, um, it, it, you have to pace yourself. I think in any show you do, whether it's film or, or movies, you have to pace yourself in a certain way because you need to have that energy. I mean, certainly in feature films, I have found that, you know, like even when I played, uh, when I did Louise DeFeo, I had to cry, well, even Amityville, I had to cry every day. And I, and in Amityville, I was too, I had to cry every day. I had to run and scream. I had to watch my voice. And, um, you know, you, I had to just pace myself because I knew like I had to last 30 days to shoot it, you know, or, right. um, and, and then same thing, Amityville murders. Um, I had to, you, you just gotta, you gotta look at the whole project and you gotta go, okay, how am I going? You, you live the character, you know, when you're doing it and you just got to make sure you don't run yourself down so that you can't work, you know, and that, that happens to sometimes when actors work, you know? So anyway, that's a, yeah. that's another book I'll be writing about <laughs> acting <laughs> later on. <laughs> you can talk to, uh, you can talk to Sarah, uh, you can interview uh, Sarah Michelle Geller because at the end of season seven of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she's like, just couldn't get up and do it anymore. She just couldn't yeah. get up and run around at two o'clock in the morning. Right. So, you know, she's, she's like, she's like every scene, every, every episode is tons of running. And it's yeah, just running like, and just screaming. Running and screaming. Yeah, you bring up a good point I didn't even think of about the screaming. Like, I used to sing in a punk band and so I could scream all night, every night. And then when I stopped for just like a month or so, and then I'd scream one night, my voice is gone for two days. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And yep. then how do you I didn't continue even think your about scenes? that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I screamed so much when I did Amityville to the possession, I actually got a shock of gray hair on my head for wow. after that movie. I mean, that's how, wow. how crazy. So it shows it physically, you know, when people scare, get what they say, your hair turns white when you are from fright. Yep, that's true. So um, yes, it definitely fix you, affects you physically. Uh, yeah, and yeah, when if you're screaming and you lose your voice, but you know, I'll tell you something funny. When I found when I scream high, usually I, I don't lose my voice, but when I scream low, which maybe with punk singing, 
yeah, you just connect. That, <laughs> that affects it. your voice. Boom, you're, sure. you're done. I'm just so. not a very good singer either. I just yell <laughs> <Right>. a lot. <laughs> mm, all right. Um, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna talk to you about. Um, I think uh, the main thing and one of the one of the main things I wanted to talk to you about is that I want uh, your opinion on my uh, much argued theory in my life that. Um, a, I just want to bring up that yes, uh, um, um, Bill and Ted Two wasn't any good. Anyways, so I just want to say Thank that you? first. <laughs> I just want to say that. Can, can you say that again? I I, I didn't quite hear you. Uh, I really want to. Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. Bogus the... journey is uh-huh. not good at all. Oh, anyways. Thank you. Thank. Oh, I think I can hear that now. Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, I, I, I didn't mind it when it came out. Of course, mm-hmm. it didn't have you in it, which is which is of course one of those uh, uh, terrible, terrible. I moments, don't know but, why uh, either. But uh, yeah, I, was it money. We all were, literally, Kim and I were like, we thought we were going to be in Bill and Ted too. There would be no reason. We're the same people. It's the same yeah. character. What <laughs> is the problem? It was so inorganic. It was so bizarre. And. Obviously, in Bill and Ted Three, again, we they they had said it was the director the second time, and then the third time we were like, "What?" It, it's it, well, uh, didn't you pitch your daughter for for taking on? Well, this is what was so cool. Um, the good thing they did at Bill and Ted's Three is they actually before they said anything about us, they had auditions, you know, for the girls, the girl Bill and Ted's, mm-hmm. and my daughter got to audition. Which was oh, wow. amazing. I was so excited. And I just That's was super like, cool. yeah. Like, and then the thought of it, I was like, you know what? E- even if she got it and I didn't, which would have been funny, um, <laughs> hilarious. Um, but, but it would have been so good. And she's such an excellent actress. And I would have loved to have seen her. But I think Olivia wasn't the right physical type. You know, she was more curvaceous. And she, you know, Bill is like tall and lanky. I mean, uh, Ted is tall and lanky. And so, mm-hmm. um, I think they needed, they wanted to have it more modeled, you know, Keanu. And, um, but she's a killer actress. I mean, she's amazing. Olivia is fantastic. I love <laughs> Apocalypse Goals more oh, than anything. Right? Okay, world, hello it's out so there funny. world. See <laughs> yeah. this, see Apocalypse Goals uh, and go on TikTok and see Sid and Olivia because they're killing it at TikTok too. And you know, they, they're so good. I'm telling you, they're going to have their own show someday because they you can't not. They're so That's funny, awesome. so smart. They no. write and direct. And um, yeah, so, I mean, it would have been great to have Olivia play my daughter in the film. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, that all was about like, wow, what a great nod to the fans. If sure. I had been brought back and my daughter played our daughter. Right. I mean, the chances yeah, and the yeah. age. She was yeah. right on with that age. I mean, it was exactly that right age. So, yeah. but they missed that opportunity. And I have to say, you know, it would have brought more love to the film. It really would have. It's, it, yes, it would have. It you know? suffered because of it. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely agree. And, you know, I think that it, you know, all the only thing I could say about Bill and Ted 3 was I'm really glad it came out at a time when we really needed it emotionally, right. an upbeat movie. And I do think um, uh, I'm very happy that they did bring back most of the cast, you know, um, but honestly, I still have not seen it because that's Fair. how I, I can't. <laughs> too I hard. I'm going to be very honest. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to be very honest. It's pretty fucked up that they brought back George Carlin and not you. 
because he's dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> they brought back, I didn't, they brought George back? Yeah, George oh was there God. as a hologram. So, like, I'm sitting yeah. here like, yo, that's fucked oh up, God. man. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not even dead, okay? And we're, we're still here. <laughs> right. And it's not like we look like chopped liver. Okay, so right. seriously, right. what? What is the problem? <laughs> but there is a problem. There's a problem somewhere. Um, my guess is at, at a certain point, it'll all sort of find itself. I mean, there were a lot of other priorities that happened within the last year. The pandemic, you know, uh, uh, Black, Black Lives Matter. Like there's like, you know, sure. there's a lot of things that absolutely should be taking precedence than um, ageism. But I'm sure ageism will happen some midpoint. And uh, sure. I hope someone brings Bill and Ted up for that reason. So. Yeah, I don't anyway. think that's wrong at all. I think that's I think that is absolutely a good point to bring up because yeah. Yeah. Well, you I know what nobody valid. it didn't here's what I found which was fascinating not to even just stay on the subject but I think it's fascinating that I think that they thought it would just be swept under the carpet and nobody would notice if nobody brought it up. And I certainly wasn't going to be somebody to I I do not want to bring the franchise down. I love the films, I think it brings a lot of happiness and goodness to the world. And frankly, I was very fortunate to be in the film in the beginning um, and to be in the first one, you know, so right. I, I, that's all gravy and beautiful. Um, but uh, I'm very happy and relieved to see that you guys and um, some other people out there noticed and that it yeah. doesn't go away and that that's not okay. You know, and, yeah, absolutely. and I think that's, absolutely. that's what feeds me and makes me like, okay, good. It's not like, you know, I'm the only one who's sitting there going, really? really? Right. So, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's 100% not just you. It's like yeah. it's something that especially fans of a franchise and fans of, you know, a property like that can see it and notice it and be like, okay, something's definitely amiss here. Like, yeah, it's insulting. It's insulting to us yeah. and it's insulting to women in, you know, like, what does that sure. mean? What does that say? And I'm, I do understand the idea of guys being the focus of the film. And they don't want sure. the focus to be taken away from them. And I get that. Like, I totally understand that. But then create different characters. Don't bring back right. the same people. No, for sure. You know? Absolutely. Bring different babes in. You know? I, I, so that's I, where... Yeah. I, I'm going to be... I'm going to say this, in this honestly. Like, you might have dodged a little bit of a bullet. If it's safe to you a little bit at all. Um, well, that's what and, actually Kimberly said. She saw uh, it. And, uh, and I I'm wouldn't... Not, and she's like, oh, Diane. Oh, Diane. Uh, and I'm like, uh, oh, uh, what? <laughs> On a serious note, I have a, I have a, uh, my daughter is uh, uh, 18 and she's mm -hmm. uh, queer and she's great mm -hmm. and she's just a really awesome person. Oh, loves I movies, love her. Loves I horror. love her. Yeah, she's really awesome. And um, um, I can't watch it with her because it's really cringy and because there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of jokes that maybe aren't as, uh, even, even Keanu Reeves will talk about it these days about how he wishes that it was different. Um, but oh. there's a little, there's a little of that peppered through the original one. Um, but there's a lot more of it in the second one and the jokes are at a, like a lower level and like we started watching it one day and we had to right. turn it off. So in some ways, like, like oh. if I, like this is like, if I had a choice of being in the two movies, I wouldn't have chosen to be in that one because it's in the uh, second one, in the second one, yeah. because, yeah. um, because the humor is just, a, it's just a notch below. They, they sort of rectified it in the, in the, in the third one, because the, uh, the, the, uh, I love the girls Ted, Ted, in the third one, by the way. Love. Uh, 
love them. Like love. I thought the film was going to be about them. Actually. Right, and and um, yeah. you know, and and uh, and and uh, one of them played a non-binary and are non-binary mm-hmm. in real life, and you know, it's a really important, a really important representation. To be yes, right thank now. you. And, I in agree. General, and um, and something that um, we here at another uh, goddamn podcast are are, are are fans of that sort of uh, you know those sorts of takes. So um, I'm just going to say like. Um, it's a tough movie to watch and it's just not very good it's 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 not funny like it's um and the, and the jokes are just like the writing in it compared to the first one is brilliant in this like sort of like under like like kind of brilliant in this non-brilliant way but it's really right. like a funny movie and, and like, also it, it was like the history bringing like um they exactly. it actually people can show it in schools be, you know, because it brought exactly. history like great idea great idea it, it's um, a it's a brilliant hook it's a the really second one's it, like sexist and exactly and that's what i'm kind of that's what i'm saying yeah. it, it's it's got it's, yeah. it's got and homophobic and like yep. and yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of things and so like so yeah, so um, you know, so that's it's, just it's, a, if there's anything. I know that it's probably a frustrating point in your career, and I know that that probably happens, and I know it's part of the industry. But of course, none of that means that it's any fun. But in uh, um, from my from where I'm sitting, um, uh, no, no, like we, I lucked out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't have to. What like, you're you saying, know. Ryan? I, I lucked out. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, you have a really good track record looking back over it just in general. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. really. Really. You really Well, you know, it. thank you. I mean, it is kind of amazing um uh, by the way, from that experience, uh Kimberly and I actually have started something called the um the Princess Network, which if you go online and you look up Princess Network and but here's the fascinating and, and I want to bring this up. We came together because we were like, you know what? Being a princess no matter what gender you are is be, is like fun. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, in fact, like when you think about it, women only dress like a princess on their wedding day. Why do right. we wait? <laughs> I mean, frankly, <laughs> just go out and buy the dress, all right? And just go wear it and wear the sure. crown and go for it. Um, so we came together with the idea of like, you know, empowering uh, the femininity, you know, the, the, sure. the dress and the, you know, but being feminine, but also being a strong person. You're like, you know, stand up for yourself. Um, and uh, we are, you know, supporting, you know, transgender and queer and, and, and you know, all, you know, all definitely LB, uh, LGBTQ. Uh, did I get that right? Because I'm trying yeah. to. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, support that because why not? Life it's your yeah. life and why not have it be beautiful? I think the key is everybody wants to feel beautiful and you can't not feel beautiful when you don't, when you wear that, those dresses and the yeah. hair and the, I mean, you feel gorgeous. So I, I have to say it's Princess Elizabeth, you know, um, definitely <laughs> uh, you feel beautiful. So. <laughs> Funny little right. side note to that. My little brother used to dress up as a princess and it would freak my dad out at first. And then my dad, <laughs> my dad was like, my dad straight up was like, what the fuck are you doing? He goes, he oh goes, the stuff's, but then he like looked at him, he goes, the stuff's awesome. And oh, like, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Right. And, like, and he was pretty young and my stepdad was just like, all right, so that stuff's awesome. Cool. Aww, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's nice. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Yep. All right. So my big theory is Better Off Dead is a horror movie. <laughs> and by the way, uh, before I get into this, I just want to say I am writing a book about Better Off Dead right now. It will be out this year and it will be très bon, very wonderful. So I'm telling you, try to follow me on social media, Monique. 
to get more information this year. Um, uh, Better Off Dead as a horror film. So definitely the first time I've ever heard that thought. Okay, so props to you, Ryan, for thinking of that. That's really cool. Um, in fact, why not think of it in terms of a horror film? Um, because, it, well, it, it's got the, the paper boy who is perhaps one of the most awesome villains there would be. <laughs> He's really, he really, so the whole movie is brilliant in, in and of itself. It's like it is uh, um, actually kind of like Terrorvision and kind of like RoboCop, which are like, mm-hmm. which are, which I would consider both those movies a satire um, that actually ended up being like, I feel like um, uh, uh, Savage Steve Holland, um, who must have been an interesting person to work with. He's um, hilarious and lovely. I, 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 could, I mean, you have to be to call yourself yeah. Savage. He's, you know? he's a surfer dude, okay? He's a surfer dude who calls himself Savage. And that was the great moment where we all went, who is this Savage guy? What is, is he like a wrestler? What the heck is this guy? <laughs> and we show up and he's like, hey guys. And we're like, what's going on? <laughs> So, I mean, the basis of the movie is that John Cusack is like, you know, so like, like they kind of like, like it kind of goes through this like weird sort of like levels of like deadly sins. Like he's like, he's like lusting after his ex-girlfriend and he's envious of the other, other people who can ski better than him. And he, he continues to try to commit suicide. And the whole thing plays out in this, like, it is so, so funny, but it is really like one notch off from being like, this weird like Lynchian sort of like surreal universe with like with the food that she eats with the family that you're living with with the whole the whole setup everything is just so like really like one step away from like Twin Peaks you know what I mean like right I do what you just say you know if you change the music yeah if you just rescored it I really do wonder what would yeah what would happen because I do think the music has a lot to do with it and if (laughs) I mean, when I first meet Ricky and he comes with a snorting spray and, and if you if you came in with da-da, like, right. like, like and, and, shark and sound. Like the right. and Ricky's mom at one point is wearing a killer's mask for half the movie. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Like, so she's got like a mask. That, uh, John Cusack's mom is cooking Lovecraftian food. Oh, you're right. Uh, There's like, you're right. The octopus tentacles. tentacles. And the food crawls off the table. You're in like a hostage, like emotional (laughs) torture position. Like I'm being held hostage. Yeah, like there's there's so many elements. Like if if the if the main plot isn't basically a horror movie, everything around it is. It's her. I mean, yes, because Savage Steve Holland when he wrote it. He, I think he, uh, he really did feel like he lived a horror film. I mean, it was based on his true life. So, I mean, my guess is that perhaps in Savage's world, it was, it was a horror movie. I mean, it was scary. And so he made it lighter. He lightened right. it by like adding sense of humor to it. But who knows? I mean, it could have really just started. It could have just been straight horror had he not, had he not like just, you know, when things get so bad that you start to laugh. that's I think that's what happened I think it was like his life was so bad I I mean I don't know if you you ever heard the story where he wrote a a short film before he did Better Off Dead um, and it was his 11 11 year old birthday party and the truth was he had his mom made an 11 his birthday party at home and nobody came he was 11 nobody showed up and the clown showed up 
And the clown was horrible, just like horrible. And it was so depressing. And I think that's what kicked off his humor is that we all just go, oh my God, that is just the worst thing that can happen to an 11 year old. Um, And yeah, he goes into detail about it. But anyway, so yes, no, um, I agree when you're talking about this change the music and, and yeah, it is dark. There's some, and, I mean, oh, Beth, and, the oh, teacher asks out Beth, the yep, teacher. Exactly. Yeah, yes, exactly. Like the I teacher mean, asks out, and, um, and that, that actor, what's his name? Um, but he, uh, I mean, he's, Schiavelli or Schiavelli. Yeah, he's, he's, he's so good at what he does. Um, you know, he's yeah. just, uh, like growing up, they're like, we got to put that face in movies, but like, you know, and then, and then he's being like dogged by the paper boy. And yeah. at the end, when he like <laughs> gives up the envy and the, you know, I define horror by like. Oh, I like that. I like. I define horror by like. Uh, I've always said that it's like, um, it, it rev- like it's a it's a fight between good and evil. Like evil has to be represented. Like a persistent evil has to be represented in horror. Right. Um, I like the fact you said like the seven deadly sins. Like, um, yeah. you know, because that really is the basis of all evil. Right. You know, exactly. isn't it? You know, there's it's, always wanting something more than you you're not looking in the big picture you know it's 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 gluttony it's gluttony it's Mm -hmm. it's it's, uh it's uh lust it's uh and you know and and he's and i mean like it's a funny movie but like he's continuously like hanging himself and like stuff like that you're you're kind of (laughs) like laughing why am i laughing really really kind of like messed up situation and at the end and you kind of represent like the light and the goodness and when he finally is able to like break off from from Beth, who represents like sort of like the evil and the envy and all that sort of stuff. And when he does that, then he's finally able to like win the ski race and like conquer it. And then, and then the $2 kid flies off the cliff and uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like like, the the goodness prevails. The the goodness prevails when he decides to let the goodness prevail and like then the evil falls off. And so like, so to me, like that is, to me, that's a horror movie. Like, it's just like, and then like, it's, it's not scary, but, but like, if you think about it, like a kid, like some sort of like anonymous kid because you get almost like you know like ricky is not scary oh come on <laughs> <laughs> Ricky's, he's terrifying you know I mean, what i mean and he's oh, per- persistent he's you know sitting in the corner playing with the little doll and like just i mean <laughs> i i mean really if you want to get to it uh you know i am an object i am a doll i am an extension right. of that little cl- clown doll that he has he yep. has no idea what a girl is I'm yep. the first one. And in fact, he didn't even want to date me. It was his mother who got me sure. as a foreign exchange student to try to get his her son a date. Here I am showing up and, um, you know, and now I'm held hostage. And he, he, if you notice, obviously, too, at the beginning of the film, he doesn't talk either. Right. Suddenly, we've mm. discovered this Machiavellian kind of like evil, you know, sort of like now he's almost becoming his mom you know, right. and yeah. taking over. So I, I do see the aspects. I do think if they change the music, you could perhaps move it all over. And, well, thank you. Um, so, I, I, I'm gonna, yeah. so I'm just going to bring this up uh, now from every time I get into this argument, people are like, what are you talking about, Ryan? I'm going to be like, eh. but I, I talked to Diane Franklin about it mm-hmm. and she was, uh, she was, she was <laughs> on board. So, so yeah. if you can top that, you know what I mean? If you yeah. <laughs> yep. you just can... change the music. I, I'm going to say that, you know, obviously when you watch the film, it's a feel good movie at the end. Sure. And so it's like, to me, it's always, okay. So like funny, like I used to think of it as, just a comedy. Okay. It's a comedy. Mm-hmm. And then it became, I've heard people go, Oh no, it's a Christmas movie. 
And and I was like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. It's Christmas. And then it went to wait, no, it's a Valentine's movie because it's a romantic, it's love story, mm. language of love, and this the uh, international language. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, and so it, then we moved to that holiday. But now I'm thinking, wow, yes, yeah, you could bring it to Halloween. You could. Mm. <laughs> sure. exactly. So I've just um, been I've been thinking about this movie as we've been talking, but with a John Carpenter score. And yo, it yeah. is a horror <laughs> film, right? like straight up. Yeah. All right, someone like out there, do it, do it. Yeah, it is. You put a you put one of the scores from like Prince of Darkness on there, and this yep. is a horror movie, like yep, exactly. straight up. Yeah. Um, I always, honestly, I always wanted to see Curtis Armstrong in a horror movie, so I feel like that could work. But here's the oh, caveat: yeah. Yeah. he has to be he has to be booger in the movie, though. Like, right. That's oh yeah, that would be, be great. <laughs> <laughs> he is a, such a funny actor. Oh, he'd be a, a great in a horror film. Oh my goodness, he's a sweetheart too, from what I know. I've met oh, him a couple times so at nice. like conventions and stuff. Let's yeah, put him in the vampire movie, nice and then we, can, you know, the vampire movie. That could Hell be yeah. uh, what we do in the yes. shadows. We would do great. There in we go. Movie. Fantastic. Right? That would be such a if the the uh, cast from Better Off Dead does uh, what we do in the shadows kind of thing. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> yeah, you're that like would neighbors. Be... <laughs> Ricky, oh my God, Ricky, I don't even want. <laughs> Ricky shows up. Oh, uh, slam the door. The door just slams on itself. I just do it with my eyes. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if does he still act? Uh, you know, I don't think he does because he got into producing. He just spent oh, all that time. He did. I mean, Dan Schneider was Schneider's Bakery. He created it, and he did oh my he produced zoe 101 and and um uh, drake and josh the amanda show um oh, no oh my goodness oh my wow. gosh like uh oh, good for him. Uh, yeah. yes victorious and I, oh, no yeah I, I, I did not i was all his shows yeah wow. henry henry danger i think is it another one should anyway um but so yeah no there's a lot of uh, fun things that came from that film and savage steve holland um, what I love about him is that he, I guess he did that in One Crazy Summer. Mm -hmm. and But yeah. he's still remembered today because, you know, he then he went into television. But boy, that he loves Better Off Dead. And so I'm so grateful that, you know, we're still friends. We're friends, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and I, I just, I, that's why I'm writing the book, because I love the film so much. And I think that people will appreciate it Uh you know, I think it's just like, again, a word of mouth thing. You'll, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, well, you know, then yeah. you've missed something, unfortunately, you know, there I'll say. Um, but anyway. Well, this has been amazing. Um, so amazing. Thank you oh, so good. much. Yeah, so I hope uh, I hope I didn't bore people. I mean, I, I try not to repeat everything. I, you know, sometimes in interviews because I don't know who's heard it. But then again, like new generations of people, they don't know who I am. They don't know my work. So I like to, you know, give a little background. So no, I hope you weren't boring at all. This was super fun. Yeah. Oh, good, this good, good. Not Fantastic. even remotely yeah. boring. Well, wow, this was, yeah, this was like, you know, this is the, you are a, a, a fantastic guest. And you really have like, a, you're in some like, really have like such a like a like a great like in my opinion like hits of movies like you know what i mean like you're just like in these movies and you're in all of you know what i mean like through throughout the time it's such a like a long career i mean you're currently you're still doing projects you're still working you know and it's uh oh. um, it's really cool to say i i just wanted to tell you i have a movie coming out uh april 20th um and it is called high holiday and i just have a cameo in it but um, Tom Arnold is in it. 
Jennifer Tilly, who I is a, a dear friend of mine, and I just adore her. Awesome. Um, she was in Chucky, remember? Oh yeah, and, oh, yeah. Uh, big right, fan Chucky. of Jennifer and Tilly. Yeah. We did a, a TV show called Boone together. We played Friends a long time ago, and in the eighties. And then um, Cloris Leachman is in the film. Oh, wow. Which is, oh, my so God. That's, I think that's, yeah, right? So this is the first film, I think, that will come out without her, you know, which is right. so sad. I really was hoping that she would be there at the premiere, but, yeah, well, it's unfortunately, um, that's life, right? And anyway, but I, I, that film is coming out, and it's a comedy, and um, it's, it's coming out on 420 because it's about... <sighs> No, yeah. <laughs> high, high holiday, right? Yeah. It's about a, 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 you know what? We a, we just legalized marijuana in New York, so everybody in New York is going to be super happy about that. <laughs> right? That's yeah. That, yeah. Like it didn't even occur to me here in Los Angeles it's legal, but in New York that's a big deal. So yeah, like literally, um, that's a today. huge deal. Huge, yeah. huge deal. So yeah. for yeah, maybe the movie will be. It, it, I mean, it's a Christmas movie, but it might come out. I mean, it might be very popular now in New York with New Yorkers coming out. Um, <laughs> they uh, the I think the daughter. There's a trailer out now, so you can see the trailer. Um, and they spike the salad dressing with um, uh, you know, marijuana, and so yeah, everyone gets high, and you know, shenanigans ensue. Right. <laughs> I feel like that's the only. That's that the sounds only right drug. up my alley. I feel like that's the yeah. only drug you could spike something with where everybody's just going to have a good time. Like, yes. That's just going to be, right. Yes. No one's under the table or burning their teeth or, yeah. Right, right. Grinding their Everybody's teeth. just laughing at everything. Like, that's just going to be the best dinner. Yeah, and it's, I think it's a political thing, too. Like, they've got the Republican versus, a, like, the more liberal. And so that's why when you get high on it, it's even more awesome. poignant. It's even like, whoa, Hilarious. whoa. <laughs> I love it. Right. But it's but it'll be really fun. So so that's coming out. And then watch out for clay zombies. That's gonna be, cool. you know, this year. And oh and then oh I forgot. There's one more project. Secret Ooh. project. Don't know when it's it's I'm gonna say like maybe even next week they're gonna start to announce it. So I can't talk about it until they do. I have a, a cameo, a great cameo, but there's even more coolness because my daughter Olivia's in the movie too. Awesome. Awesome. <gasps> so awesome. it's gonna be great. You're gonna yeah. flip out. You're gonna lose it. You're gonna lose it. Okay, that's the one detail that I didn't tell anyone yet. You're the first podcast to know. Awesome. Olivia's gonna be in it and there's scoop. more fun it's... news. All right. Okay. Nice. We got the scoop, man. Cool. And it's, <laughs> we are... it's a it's a horror. It's a horror theme kind of. Okay, so that's oh. another hint. Horror. So you guys right. are gonna like it too. So horror. Okay, so all right, you I guys actually, two I, things. I, I, I have a really quick LA uh, horror question for you. Um, do you guys actually enjoy Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios or have you ever been to it? I have not been to it, but I've been told about it. And I don't know why I haven't been to it. I think it just, I think I was raising my kids when it sort of became a thing. And right. then we never got there. I don't know. We just, I think it's because we live in Los Angeles. And when you live in a place, you don't go to do the things that, you know, maybe people do who come and visit. Um, but wh 100%. why? Was it? Yeah, <laughs> so right? The reason, the, here's the reason I asked is because mm -hmm. I, I go to LA on a semi-regular basis for mm -hmm. comedy stuff. Um, and the last time that I was able to go was pre-pandemic. I went there during October. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time that I went to Halloween Horror Nights. I was completely expecting it to shit the bed and, right. and not expecting it to be good at all. I thought it was going to be total tourist trap, just garbage. Right. I think it that's is, probably, yeah. It is awesome. 
It, it is, is awesome, right? So fun. It is so fun. I, I mean, heard, for so, yeah, is there like a room a that like you can go in and the floors disappear or something or like the, that room like is there did you do that thing where you walk so, into yeah. Yeah. Each each year it's different um, in a sense. It depends on what movies are coming out like uh-huh. around that year. They base it around whatever the properties are that are coming around that year. Mm-hmm. But each one of the rooms is different. Each one of the um, things that you go through, the experience is different. But they play off of like some of its jump scares, some of its environmental mm-hmm. scares. Um, the makeup is amazing. The actors are great. Like it's it's legitimately one of the more fun Halloween things that like wow, okay now I'm gonna actually go. go to yeah you should totally go to it this year it's I, pretty much anytime I talk to somebody that lives in LA that's never done it I mm-hmm. kind of like push them to go to it because it, it legitimately for a horror fan it's very very fun well by the time it, it, Halloween comes around then the COVID won't be as scary. So <laughs> COVID exactly, is the scariest. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have all the things. That's I'm. That's what I'm really afraid of. Um, yeah, of yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's super fun. It's uh, I can't recommend it enough, especially if you do live in LA. Because I think if you live in LA, they actually give you a discount on everything. Oh, okay. um, if you're a resident of LA, and then of course, if you're a tourist, they're going to get all the money they can out of you. Of but course, um, unfortunately, yeah. But yes, it's super, super fun. Very well done, and uh, like from my understanding, they put in a massive amount of work to make it happen. Um, so it's it's very cool. That's One really the- nice to hear. Yeah. I also want to go to the the cemetery and watch a movie. The, there's a Hollywood Cemetery. You can oh, watch yeah. it like a drive-in movie. I've never done it, but I know people who have, and they loved it. And I, I would love to do that. It's also a, a after-COVID experience. Yeah, I've talked to a couple of people that have done that that said that's uh, legitimately one of the more fun things to do in L.A., um, especially if you do live there because they do it all a lot. So. Mm-hmm. Same thing in New York. We actually have a cemetery here in New York. So if you ever come back to the city, um, Greenwood Cemetery, yeah. which is in, in Queens, oh. uh, th- they do a thing every year, I believe it's in the fall, where they open up the catacombs underneath oh the cemetery. gosh. Yeah. They open up the catacombs underneath the cemetery and they, do a, so live, cool. they do a live concert underneath the, underneath the cemetery in the catacombs. And it's like classical music. So it all echoes throughout all the catacomb chambers. Wow. Creepiest, coolest shit ever. It's so fun. (laughs) Classical music in the catacombs. I mean, seriously, incredible. That's so beautiful and frightening. Yeah, terrifying. Absolutely (laughs) terrifying. terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And terrifying, yes. Terrifying. Yes, absolutely. Um, You got any uh, recommendations, Jonas, for the week? I do, actually. Um, I was going through Shudder, and I was looking. There's a movie that came out on Shudder. I want to say it came out like three or four weeks ago. Maybe a little bit. Sorry. Maybe a little bit um, a little bit earlier than that. It's actually a Swedish horror film called Coco di Coco Da. And mm-hmm. it's a... It's hard to explain it without spoiling anything. So what I'll tell you about it is that it is... It's a Swedish horror film about a traveling circus um, that is absolutely not what you think it is at the beginning of the movie. Um, and it's very, very well done. It's a psychological horror film. And by the end of the movie, you kind of want to keep your lights on. <laughs> it's that kind of it's it's that kind of a psychological horror movie. Um and you really have to pay attention to it because it's all in Swedish, so you have to be able to read the words. Um, 
but that actually works in its favor because it forces you to pay attention to what you're watching on screen. I have to, I have to interject something that's, uh, that is, I totally back what you're saying. I did a movie called the, the final interview, which I don't know if anyone is, uh, it's a thriller, but it's the same thing. You, you, don't hear a pin drop when you watch this movie. You can't leave. You have to listen really carefully and use your imagination a lot in the film. And it's shot like a play and you can get it online. You, it's not in theaters. It was a, it won like an award at, a, at film festivals. Um, so check it out. The final interview, Fred Vogel uh, was the director and writer. Um, well, actually wrote with uh, another writer. And uh, so I'm just letting you know, Check it out, the final interview. But same deal, like you got to you got to listen, you got to pay attention. It's not for people who like to be spoon fed uh, horror, and it's right. terrifying. But you you got to. It's not spoon fed. You got to put out as an audience. Listen, anyway. Just putting What's, that in there. No, no, that's great because that's also really interesting. Fred Vogel is the filmmaker from New Jersey, uh, correct? The one um, Pittsburgh, I think. I mean, I don't know if he. Oh yeah, yeah, he's, he's in that Pittsburgh. area. Yeah, he's, yeah, Pittsburgh. He um he is famous for doing some of the most controversial horror films, um in the entire genre, and that's actually kind of cool that he's coming back to do a movie like that because yeah. the ones he did before were definitely not that. They were like super, super, super low budget, but like. Mm-hmm like controversial as hell, but like really well done for what they were. Um, so yeah, that that's what I heard. Makes- and he's, and this is a, it takes place in the eighties and it's just three, it's just the three of, uh, basically three actors, uh, myself and, uh, the two other guys. And it's, it's an alpha male story. And, um, um, but yeah, no, he's gotten awards for it already. I mean, it's well, very, actually a bunch of awards actually. Very exciting. I love yeah. that. I'm super glad you brought that up. Yeah, so go check um, it out. Find find it. Uh, find it. You can buy it from from if you go to I think, uh, thefinalinterview.com. You can get the film, and it's got special. Um, hold on, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm going to show you this because I have oh, a copy all right. here. Here, it's like this, and then it's got beautiful, it's super okay. cool because um, then there's like the things, but oh, it's yeah. um, you open it up and it's got the evidence pack with like actual photos oh. from the film oh, the music awesome. um uh features extras you know and then like just it's super duper i mean it's a it's a collector's items and they've got like the cards these like cool. from the mm-hmm. film oh there's fred there you go boom so yeah that's awesome cards. No. so anyway no that's really cool that's a very very cool side note because fred vogel actually <laughs> like he's I've, I've known about him for a long time because I've kind of like, I've been one of those people that sort of will watch extreme horror just to see like yeah. her practical effects and also just to see like how that subgenre of horror has kind of taken itself. And Fred Vogel is one of the first ones that I saw because of the movies that he did early yeah. on in his career. Um, but yeah, that's very cool. I'm super excited about that. I'm going to check that out like Thanks. as soon as we're done with this. Good. Great. Yeah, very, very cool. But yeah, Coco Di, Coco Da. It's on Shutter. It's Swedish. Pay attention to it. It'll scare the shit out of you, but in a good way. Um, and all of the actors are crazy good in this. They're super, like, they're, um, what do you, they're, they all feel like character actors in, like, a really good way. Mm. Um, so, like, they really, like, they really, really, really dedicate themselves to the parts in this. Um, so, super fun movie for, uh, for horror fans, for psychological horror fans, it's a very, very good one. Awesome. Uh, Graham. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, music this week real quick. Uh, two things uh, came out. Hostages, 
mm -hmm. uh, is a hardcore metalcore uh, band out of, uh, I believe, Chicago. And they're what Antifa, I imagine Antifa sounds like. Uh, they're, calling for, uh, they're, they're basically calling for the heads of all politicians, cops, and racists, and it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. And it's they're very angry. So that that it, that's very brutal. If you, if you don't like that, wait, wait, what did, what's their name again? What are they called? The name of the band is Host Hostages. Hostages, and the the album is called Climate of Hate. Yeah. Uh, but the other one, if you don't want to get like too uh, like on a, a watch list or something, maybe uh, <laughs> uh, Tomahawk. Tomahawk is a band. It's basically a super group with Mike Patton from Faith and More, Dwayne Dennison from uh, Jesus Lizard. I think the drummer from Helmet is still in the band. Uh, they just put out an album called Tonic Immobility. That's amazing. So both of those are really great. All right. Um, my my I'm writing it down. My recommendation, and like, I, we've talked about it already on the show, but I think like I rewatched, uh, I've, I've seen Amityville Murders twice now, and uh, beyond even our guests being here, I think it's a great movie. And I think it's, oh, uh, you. Um, you can see the movie, and it's kind of a, a realistic telling of the DeFeo murders. And um, if, you, if you're not familiar with the DeFeo murders, um, um, watch this movie, uh, follow it up with the, uh, the last podcast on the left uh, going through it. Um, it's a really fascinating, I mean, for, for such a terrible tragedy where a, a family gets murdered, um, it's actually really just a fascinating tale. And there's a lot of really big unanswered questions with it because uh, a lot of people were killed in their beds and they don't yeah. know how it really happened. And um, um, so there's, and, uh, um, and, and uh, Butch DeFeo died recently, but um, but, uh, by the way, other people have died in that house as well, not just right. the DeFeos, other people afterwards, somebody hung themselves, like, it's actual, so that house, I'm telling you. Yeah, it's the house very, is terrifying. Yeah. The house is terrifying. Mean, like, <laughs> yeah. There's just no way that that house isn't like, not terrifying. Not good feng shui. I, I just looked it up the other day, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, it's built on a burial ground, um, for sure. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was um, but they, um, but uh, it recently just sold. So I don't, I don't like, I think it'd be an amazing place to turn into an Airbnb. But um, I, I know, <laughs> that's what I think. Wouldn't you stay there? I would stay there. I would stay there. Um, but um, it's, uh, well, because considering how much Amityville I've watched in my life and how much part of my life the story has been, it is. But um, yeah, I was actually really just suggested just because it is a, um, it is one of those great, like, uh, true crime situations that was just so horrific at the time. I mean, I mean, nowadays uh, shooting six people doesn't seem like very much, but um, but it's um, but like, but back then it was such a big deal that it, it spawned a, a bunch of movies. So I um, I, I'm, that's going to be my recommendation. I, it's, it sounds it sounds like I'm, I'm just thrilled a, you recommended that. Movie. No, I, I just it's it, it's actually just a really good movie, and the acting is really good. And it's really well written, and it's uh, kind of believable. It's like uh, you kind of get like. I kind of like that it really took on not even just the supernatural thing, but like uh, a mental illness and um, and the stress of families and like the you know and that sort of thing. And I think those are important subjects to talk about. Yeah. So, um, I think the, that movie um, sort of uh, um, takes that on. So I like it, and, uh, and of course Diane Franklin's in it. I agree. <laughs> um, and besides your upcoming thing, you got any recommendations, Dan? You want to take us out? Okay. Gosh. Um... Well, I'm going to have to just go completely crazy because I have to say, watch my daughter's shows. <laughs> watch uh, Sid and Olivia on TikTok and watch mm -hmm. Apocalypse Goals on Snapchat. 
Um, yes. And I'm going to also say, uh, listen to my son's music. His name is Nick De Laurentiis. He's on Spotify. And his music is like, it's like poetry. And he plays the double bass, like that nut, and he plays the bass, but he also plays the, the upright double bass. So his music oh, wow. has, is like haunting. I have to say his music is haunting. And at some point, maybe, um, you know, I really think he should do scores for films too, because it's, his music is just so beautiful just really cool so um he's got some upbeat stuff but mostly his his main thing is um he's got a haunting feeling and he's gonna have new music coming out this year he is um if you see him he's got bright red curly hair and he is 22 21 21 is it does he have an album called good boy yes that's nick yeah, okay that's nick so in beautiful yeah. so awesome. he's like my um He's like the artist, you know, he's somebody who's going to come with something unexpected. Um, he also is in a, another band called Swatches and that's a great band too. Um, he does that with his, uh, with a guy named Gavin Schultz. I think his last name Schultz. And so check out Swatches as well. Uh, and he plays the guitar bass for that. So he does indie music, but he also does his own kind of compositions there. Um, and what else? I'm going to think. Um, yeah, I think the swatches, just, swatches, oh, check out swatches, swatches, the, an early afternoon EP. Does that sound, is that the uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I'm looking, I'm thinking. It just came out this year. Uh, yes. Yeah. Early okay. afternoon. Yeah. Their music cool. is like, oh, I think you'll really like it. It's very like, it's the kind of music you could play in the background and like just relax and, uh, um, it's just cool. Their music is just cool. So anyway, yeah, I'm with my daughter doing film stuff and, and this film coming out, you know, so look for that and just follow me on social media. Um, if you can, I'm Diane Franklin 80 on Twitter and um, actress Diane Franklin on Instagram and also Facebook. My Facebook is actually full. It's got 5,000 people and I've got like a 500 person waiting list. I'm like, I can't, I'm like, don't go to my Facebook, but go to uh, Diane Franklin group, go to the group. Like, I don't know how Facebook works really, but go to group. You'll see two black and white photos from my books. And there, if you friend me there, that's me as well. And I, um, okay. uh, so right. if you go to the group section, I can totally get you in. And what's really fun about when I post is I will like post unexpected things i'll have like nostalgic pictures i'll have new stuff coming up I'll, I'll let you know if i have a convention i'm going to i think this year um i'm supposed to go to virginia i think in uh end of august uh, end of july beginning of august um for scares that cares i think i'm doing that convention and i'm also going to be i think i'm going to go to london in fall for a uh, to for this thing called the misty moon gallery that they're going to have me there. Um, and then awesome. uh, maybe 80s in the sand I'm supposed to go to in, and that's in Mexico. And that's, if you love the 80s, go to 80sinthesand.com. Look at it. <laughs> Billy Idol is going to be there. I mean, literally, ah. this is like the greatest. Okay, if you love 80s, I'm breaking down, okay? There are 80 celebrities there. It's a week-long vacation, uh, all-inclusive, like, I guess, you know, food, drinks. Um, it's adult, so, like, you know, you just can have your drinks anywhere you can and then every night they have two bands play and they're the real bands and it's like in a small kind of like a area i don't know i don't know what you call it like a 
it's you know like a big room that's like a hotel like a kind of a big room but it's like intimate and they would had like the motels they had um uh gosh oh my gosh they have like even hard rock kind of um oh you got to look at the list but like billy idol is coming this year and um they have the motels berlin um uh, they had the drummer from Flock of Seagulls. Um, I can't even, there's just like Sebastian Bach was there. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> like you like sit there going, wait, they have a wide range of artists. So check it out because if you love the 80s, it will, I promise you, be the best week of your life. <laughs> and, and that's why I go. I, that's why I go because it is so much fun and it's amazing. I can, could you imagine just the stories between Sebastian Bach and Billy Idol alone? <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, oh my God. A, it is unbelievable. It is, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. The first year I went, I, I, um, I told my daughter about it. Like, no, actually, my daughter came with me and I, I, I don't know, even with the circumstances, but like the first year she came, she was the only person that was 21 at the time because you had to be 21. And all, the, everybody's older, like, I mean, or like, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, but right. she, after she went, she's like, I'm going back next year. I'm go like, <laughs> Olivia, you're the 21. She's like, no, 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 I, I'm going back. And she, I mean, even though like 80s wasn't her thing, she it's an incredible vacation to go it's, it's it's just a great time and people are so nice because i have to tell you like 80s was an upbeat time so the people who are go there are upbeat sure. in, in their attitudes yeah. you know so Definitely. she's um, got it she's got the 80s in her jeans yeah i think so i think so <laughs> yeah <laughs> i got absolutely say does so anyway so check out olivia and uh, olivia de laurentis so and nick de laurentis you're welcome <laughs> Yeah, yeah thank definitely. you thanks so, so much. And please check out those uh, things. We'll, we will, uh, um, yeah, absolutely. We will um, be putting, after this air, episode airs, we'll be uh, putting links on our social media. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, AG, what is it? What is it? Graham AGHP at Twitter. AGHP. Um, um, 666. Oh, 666. That's right. Okay. How can I forget? <laughs> um, so, um, how dare you? How dare you forget the devil, Ryan? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Come on! Like, and you these, know, it's, if films. the devil was dyslexic, it would still be six six six. So it, <laughs> it's like, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like all works it's smart, out. It's smart you can't fail, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, Diane, we can't thank you enough for being here and uh, no. and, and sharing oh. your and sharing your stories with us. And thank you. Merci, thank, merci, very thank nice. Thank you so much for thank the you. Uh, for the work that you've done um, in the in the um and being part of uh, uh the awesome uh, media that we've consumed it's uh, it's important and uh and it matters and um so thank you very much um you're most welcome and also uh let's all thank ian sattler for getting me here so thank you ian <laughs> yes. sattler okay <laughs> thank you, ian. Ian sattler, yeah. <laughs> all right well this has been um a very excellent episode of another goddamn horror podcast thanks everybody for tuning in this week um, we'll be back next week with more uh, macabre conversations and this and that. And, uh, so come back. Uh, remember to uh, start some fires and break some glass. Thank you very much. Bye.